Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Dear Writer. Today, we are recording episode 118, which is another one of our author's spotlight episodes. And we have Ashley Kaplan with us today. So welcome, Ashley. Hi, great to be here. So Ashley is an author based in Ontario, Canada. She writes YA fiction and has published her two books, Frank Malone is Dead, and her most recent book, Curse of the Zodiac. And this is her first endeavor at writing a series. Um, And outside of writing, Ashley is a stay-at-home mum of two toddlers and is enjoying discovering a new chapter of her life as a mum and author. I can definitely relate to discovering that new chapter of your life I was like oh this is so where I'm at at the moment as well me too becoming a mum and also developing the author side so I think that's really exciting to have someone on (laughs) who understands that it's difficult yeah so how we like to get started was kind of related to that actually is if you would like to tell us about how you first got started writing and when you decided to pursue publishing and get your books out on the marketplace? Yeah. So I guess I kind of have my kids to thank for that, honestly. I've, I think so. The first book that I've ever written, and I'm going to say this in quotation marks because it was <laughs> ridiculous, but I must have been nine and I love to read. And I thought, okay, if I love these things so much, I'm going to try making one. And after I wrote my first book, book it just never ended so I loved to write as I grew older became a little bit more serious about it and I thought one of these days one day I'll do it and I kept writing and just putting things aside you know just putting them aside and I never followed through but then I got pregnant and I was actually at the time in a really really horrible job <laughs> and mm-hmm. it was awful the environment wasn't great the people. It was just a little toxic. I was coming home just in a bad mood every day. And after we had our son, we were having a discussion about, okay, what's going to happen now? When am I going to go back to work? And my husband said, you know what? I don't want you to go back there. I want you to think about what you really, really love to do and pursue that. You know, for the first time in our lives, we're in a position where you like, you don't have to go and make money. I can support us. I just really want you to do something that you love. And it was like, boom, it's writing. Like, that's what I want to do. That's what I love. So I made the decision to try and publish something, anything, just rip the Band-Aid off. And and then it just uh, it went on from there. That's really cool. I mean, especially considering, you know, childcare costs so much as well. So we're kind of making a similar decision for on my end is I probably won't go back to I was nursing before having my baby and I probably won't go back at least for a number of years until we're kind of done the early early years but yeah it's it's a hard decision to make but yeah like I think when you really love writing and you have the opportunity it's like wow 
you know, you've got to grab hold of that and it's yeah. It's a different lifestyle. <laughs> very, very different. Yeah. Well, I was ask, once you made that decision, were you like and kind of started doing the whole you know, writing, I'm an author thing, where you're like, yes, like this is what I wanted to do. Were you really happy with your decision once you were able to make it? Yeah, I actually, you know, I couldn't believe that I waited this long. I thought, Mm. why? Why did I wait this long? Because I could have been working before I had kids. And now my kids take up my my time, I manage around them, but I could have been working and managing around that and, and writing. But there's a lot of fear, right? When you put so much of, and, and you, you know this, you write and you know that you put yourself, your like emotions, your blood, sweat, tears into a piece and to let your baby out into the world is scary. Mm-hmm. But once you rip that bandaid off, it's like, why, why didn't I do it sooner? Yeah. That leads really well into the next question. Um, how do you juggle writing with looking after your two boys um, and any other, you know, life um, events that happen to come in your way? Yeah, um, I don't sleep. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that's, that's the answer. simple answer. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's what I need to do. <laughs> well, you know, I am very lucky. I have a partner who he's got a bit of a, I don't know, like a little bit of flexibility in his schedule. So there are nights where I do just have to, to make a deadline, I have to stay up late. So my writing is juggled around nap time and bedtime, essentially. That's (laughs) it's the only way to be uninterrupted. You know, it's, it's just impossible otherwise. So yeah, so my evenings, I just instead of doing that extra load of laundry or, you know, the dishes or some nights I will just let some things go until tomorrow and I will write and maybe I'll stay up a little bit late, but it's so worth it. So that's kind of the only way to, to do it right now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's whatever works for you, right? Right. And it's not forever, right? Our, I mean, you guys have kids, you know, there's going to be a day when, they're going to be out of the house and there will be more time, but I don't want to wait for that. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. completely understand that, you know, like the, it will get easier as they get older, but at the same time, you've still got to make the most of the time that you have. Right. Like you can't just be like, oh, okay, I'm going to put this aside for like five years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your, your life as a person with like wants and needs and, passion of your own continues regardless of whether you have kids as well so that's it and you can get so lost in being a parent that you forget that you are so many other things Mm -hmm. so yeah if there's any other parents out there listening like I think that's probably one of the most relatable and biggest struggles is finding yourself within that role when you first come into it is such a big struggle and finding your own identity outside of oh I'm a mum now <laughs> I know that I I really struggled with that and finding time is like such a big issue but you've got to make the effort because otherwise that's where the postnatal depression and stuff comes in right that's right and you know I had a I had a question before me which was do I wait 
two years until they're gone, like they're in school and I start? Or do I just start now? And yes, my journey will be slower than somebody else's. I knew that. I, I fully went into it knowing that I, I'm not going to be able to, you know, write as much, publish as much, market myself as much. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather go slowly and start than, you know, waste two more years of my life just dreaming about something. Yeah. Very relatable. (laughs) So relatable. (laughs) I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your writing process now. Are you a plotter or a pantser or somewhere in between? I think I, so I used to be a a pantser for sure. It was really about, you know, when I'm in the moment, sit down and write. If I could uh, feel a certain way to write a certain scene and then just because of the way things were, you know, life got busier, I had to shift. I started using a program called Babisco, which is, it's great because it's not proprietary. It's completely uh, free software. And what's great about that is so other people can evolve the, the software. And I realized that once I was able to jot down, okay, I want this to happen. I want that to happen. I want that to happen. And then organize the order, it became a lot easier for me to connect point A and point C and be like, oh, okay, I know what I want to do with point B and how I want to connect it. So uh, the shift made my writing so much cleaner and easier. And then I could look at scenes and and say to myself, well, I know I want to write this scene and it's I know it's going to be four chapters down. But that's kind of what I'm in the mood for right now. I'm feeling it, so I'm gonna write it, and I and I know that I'm not missing anything. So it did shift for sure. I've never heard of um, what do you say, Bibis- Bibisco. Bibisco? Yeah, it's an open source software, so it's really okay. cool. Is it for planning out a novel? Is that sort of the general yeah. idea of it? Yeah. So you can have notes. Uh, it counts. So you can set goals for yourself. So I, you could kind of set a, I want to write this many words a day. So it, it helps you track it. And if you wanted to, uh, if you wanted to write a chapter, it actually forces you to have, okay, well, what's happening in this chapter? How is this chapter going to move the plot forward? So there are sections where it asks certain questions that it forces you to answer and, and it's great because then you have a better idea of how to fill in gaps that maybe mm-hmm. you, you didn't think of or you didn't want to think of. And yeah. I was just thinking that like the sort of maybe the pay for equivalent would be like, I'm thinking Scrivener because I have that, although I don't use it for actual yeah. writing. Yeah. Though it sounds like it's a little bit more directed than Scrivener because when you go in Scrivener, it like, it has like little tabs where you can put notes about characters and places and like other stuff like that. But it doesn't, I, well, I haven't honestly been in it. So I guess I wouldn't necessarily yeah. know. Cause I just like, like we use it for formatting, but I just like copy and paste. And I, I did, yeah. I tried that out. Like I, I checked out a bunch of different ones. I, I think because it was proprietary, I, mm. I was a little hesitant, steered away from it, but I know that it is really helpful. A lot of authors use it because it's very easy to use. Yeah, well, I think Scrivener's 
easy to write in but not necessarily easy for formatting and stuff like there's a lot of like a lot of people use the one uh vellum it's but that's like hugely expensive compared so you know you just kind of work scrivener out but at the same time it's great to have a tool for writing that's free and accessible like the the one that you're using because you know you end up paying so many subscriptions that it's like <laughs> there is i will tell you so Bibisco is free. There are some features that you can't use fully unless they, they basically ask for a donation one time and it's very small. I think it was like, I don't know, $15 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I paid that donation once and then you have access to all of it. So it's not like completely free, but after that one-time donation, you have access to the whole thing and you never have to do it again. Yeah, compared to what you could be paying for stuff, right? Yeah. And then as an indie author, you're paying for things. Like, I mean, you're using Canva for marketing and you're using, I'm not going to mention all the places, but, you know, things for cover art and things for editing services and things for just every little thing, right? That you yeah. had no idea maybe before you saw I had no idea before I started about all of these little like cogs in the machine so to <laughs> yeah. yeah that leads quite well into the next question actually uh, which is to tell us a little bit about your publishing journey so I think you're published on Amazon are you is Amazon your main sort of focus or are you published other places Uh, So at the moment, Amazon is the only place where I'm published. I, with my first book, uh, with Frank Malone is Dead, I thought, okay, I know it's not going to be perfect. I know that I don't really know much. Uh, I'll take what I know and I'll just do it. Just put it out there and then I'll learn. And boy, did I learn. (laughs) (laughs) There were just so many things I didn't know. I didn't know about ARC groups. I didn't know about beta readers. Uh, Of course, I had an editor, but, you know, you have editors and proofreaders and you have line editors and there's just so many parts, moving parts to it. After I published, I started looking a little bit more into, well, how do you write a copyright page? I didn't realize that there were all of these little pieces to add to it, to put in it. Or even something as simple as, how should I frame the back cover of my book? Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of, do I put a picture or a, I had just, all I had done was a blurb and I had my little, you know, thing at the bottom to scan and that was it. Now, after doing research and, and talking to more people and, and kind of figuring out the design everything looks a little bit more polished. Everything is a little bit more professional. I've outsourced some more people to do other work for me. Everything in my first book was just me, all me. And yeah. with my second, I've I've learned so much. So th- a lot of research went into all of it to learn even quality of paper, right? I had had a printing press. I wanted to order my books and they go, well, what kind of paper do you want? <laughs> what, what do you mean? <laughs> There's more than one kind. They're like this weight or that weight. And you're like, what weight is the standard weight? What's <laughs> I know I was so, I felt 
so green, you know, just, and I was, I think I was 30, you know, I'm 33 this month. So I was 30 or 29. And I thought, wow, I'm just so naive about all of this, but it was fun learning it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So after publishing my first, a lot, a lot of growth and the bookstagram community, I am ever grateful for that community because I have learned so much from them and other indie authors. So now I feel like it's just getting better. You know, the next book and the next one, I have so many plans and it's just getting better because I know more. So it's really exciting. Yeah. And I think that's what's really cool about the indie community is that, well, the author community really in general, although I feel like traditional authors are a little bit more closeted away, they're slowly opening up a bit more, but you know, like that there is that there's not as much of a sense of competition with the the writers who understand how everything works. It's like, oh, you know, like we can all help each other. And, you know, I always come from the, the viewpoint that you always read more than what you can write. So there's a ton of readers out there and no matter how saturated the market gets, there's always going to be a place for, for good writing and, and great books. Oh, yeah. I, I completely agree. I can't begin to tell you the amount of books I bought just to support another indie author. There's too many of them on my TBR I haven't touched yet. But the fact that there's a great story out there, somebody once said, you know, you're never going to read all the books in the world, but that shouldn't stop you from having them and trying and maybe you get to it, you know, and the, and the indie author community, like you said, it's, it's so true. The, the community feels so tight knit and everybody is so welcoming and ready to help. I've, I've been floored and just amazed by the welcome. Yeah. I think we've found that as well. And it's really great be like hosting this podcast and connecting with other authors I think you know we really value you being on the show so thank you again oh no thank you guys so much this is so fun and exciting yes um so you've briefly mentioned the title of your book Curse of the Zodiac I was wondering if you'd be able to tell us a little bit more about it please (laughs) yeah so Curse of the Zodiac is about Essentially, it's a dystopian world that once flourished and was ruled by these gods that we know as the Zodiacs. And uh, these Zodiacs, they chose certain humans that they considered to be heroes and would give them their, like a power of their Zodiac, gift, gifted to them. So these heroes became known as the gifted after a certain amount of time has passed the zodiacs kind of became dormant Uh, a villain emerged that tried to destroy them and a, a war broke out and the series is actually called the zodiac wars so after this war time went by the zodiacs became dormant and people forgot about them and they just became started living in this world that is kind of dying. So that brings us to today's day and age where we have Ari, who is a girl that has no idea about any of this. And one day she's, you know, she's walking home from school. She's in college. She 
is 18. She just got her own place. Uh, she's an orphan. So she's really excited to start a life, but she gets attacked by a creature called an infernal. And it's something that only exists in myth. She never knew that this was real. So her mentor and college professor, Professor Abner, he saves her and reveals to her the secret world that's been beneath all of this, still living and still thriving in the world of the gifted, and that Ari is actually one of them. So he takes her to Astro City, where all of the gifted reside, and he just teaches her about what she is and, and introduces her to all of these characters, her team members. And along the way, she meets Damien. Damien is also a gifted who was being attacked by an infernal. So the attacks have kind of gotten worse. And it turns out that the villain, uh, her name is Amelia. She is getting closer to her end goal. So the attacks become more frequent. And throughout this, Ari finds out that not only is she gifted, but she is actually the only known child on the cusp. So both her parents were gifted, which is unheard of. So she has powers of two Zodiac gods. Ah. And this kind of tilts the tides of war in the favor of, you know, the astral army, which is who she joins. So everything kind of lies on her. She is now the only one who can defeat Amelia because Amelia and Ari are the only ones who have the power to use the jug of Aquarius, which is one of three artifacts of fallen artifacts of the Zodiac gods. So using these artifacts, Amelia tries to destroy the gods and Ari is basically the only one who can stop her. That's so exciting. What a great plot. I like it. Yeah. It's fun. Um, there's a little bit of mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I try to explain certain things by way of how they exist, like the Zodiacs created them. And I don't want to spoil too much, but they are called the Zodiac Wars. So there are going to be maybe a few different kinds of zodiac signs from different cultures so it's fun that's really cool it's very imaginative too i think i'm always amazed at the the stories that come out of like different myths and legends and different ways that you can sort of integrate that into your own story and create worlds (laughs) yeah yeah you know i think Everything, in a way, is a retelling of something else, even if it's a piece of a retelling. But that's the fun part, is taking something and making it new and your own, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. So what have your biggest challenges been as far as creating your books, um, whether they be publishing-related or writing-related? Tell us about some of your challenges. I think the biggest two are time and marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, with time, it's it's just hard. And it's not just time for writing, 
but especially time for marketing because you have to be so involved and and really out there. You have to create content constantly, constantly. You have to keep talking to different groups and people and connecting and making sure that your name is out there and they remember you and and it's it's hard to find the time to do all of that and find the time to write. Yes. I sometimes I feel like I'm doing more marketing than I am writing. Yes, I feel the same. I get kind of like resentful like, you know, I put my daughter down for a nap sometimes and I'm like, "Oh, I've got to deal with this first. <laughs> I'm like, I can't just sit down and write. I'm like, down it. <laughs> there goes that nap period. <laughs> exactly. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. I completely understand that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my and God. then you're like, maybe, maybe she'll stay asleep a little bit longer. And then, like, you just finished that one task and you're like, nope. Nope. Well, <laughs> next time. <laughs> That's it. By the time I'm done just setting up my, uh, you know, my photo op and I'm done taking it and editing it and I press post and then I hear that little, uh, ah, he's awake. (laughs) Yep. Game over. It's like a race every time you're like, okay, they're down. Go. (laughs) Yeah. It is. I swear. And, you know, everybody has their own challenges and stuff, but man, it's exhausting because it's a mental exhaustion. When they're napping, you are not just sitting there doing what you want. You're constantly listening. Are they okay? Are they crying? Did they, are they alive? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I want to make you alive. Oh yeah, he's breathing. He's alive. <laughs> it, I think the mental exhaustion is a lot worse than the physical one, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Because that's our work. That's That's everything that we do is is just thinking about it and and putting all of the effort into it emotionally and mentally and so it's it's a challenge for sure yeah yeah and it's fine hard finding that time to not only write but then also like recuperate a little bit so that you have that creative energy to write for sure (laughs) (laughs) the sigh like yeah Well, and you know what, I actually, what I like to do, or I guess sometimes what I have to do is I'll either, I have to just break away, I'll listen to a song, or I'll watch a show that kind of gets me in that mood of, you know, if it's a drama, or if I'm writing something that's going to be a scene that's funny, so I'll watch a comedy, and I'll really get into the mood. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. (laughs) Like, I'm in the mindset. Let's do it. Yeah, I do that too. And I think that's probably a good tip, especially um, I find the music because you can put that on like before they go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. You'd be like, yeah, let's just groove out to this music that's actually like related to my book. And then I'll put you to sleep and I'm already kind of like focused in the zone. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. That's the way to do it. <laughs> So do you have any other projects on the horizon that you are willing to share with us? Yeah, actually, I have an announcement. Oh, exciting. Oh, I hope so. So Curse of the Zodiac came out and I had a lot of really great feedback. But one thing that a lot of people have said was they, they love the villain. They love the characters, but they wanted to see more. And I was 
surprised and I thought, okay, you know what? If you guys want more, I will give you more. So I am releasing a second edition that's actually going to be a lot more thorough, more scenes, same book, but a lot more detailed with a little bit more background as well to kind of flesh it out. So the second edition is coming. It's on the way. And then the other project that I'm working on. So on my Instagram, like bookstagram account, uh, I did posts where uh, are tips for indie authors from my experience. So as I was learning things that I've never known before, I was just kind of writing a little bit about them in Instagram posts. But I've discovered that they got really good feedback. So I'm going to be turning that into uh, blog posts of just my experience, uh, tips that I've learned, like when I was talking about how to make your back cover look more professional. You put a picture, a blurb, do you get, you know, a couple of like reviews back there, things of that nature, just as I've learned them. So, yeah, lots of fun things happening on the horizon. Yeah. The second yeah. edition book sounds a lot like, you know, like the the Lord of the Rings extended edition. It's the Curse of the Zodiac extended <laughs> edition. I like it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I've, I'm really hoping that it'll fill in what people were missing mm-hmm. because the reviews were great and people seem to like it. Uh, you know, you're not going to. Not everybody's going to like what you do, but if if it's not enough, like, yes, you write for yourself, but you really also write for an audience. Mm-hmm. So you got you to gotta shift. So I'm shifting. <laughs> well, I think it also gives you the opportunity, you know, like especially when you're writing a series and sometimes, you know, you get a little bit further on in a series and you're kind of like, ah, oh. like you write something, you're like, that could have – like even if you do all this planning, like there's always these little bits that you're like, oh, I could have, if I could go back and expand on that, that would be great. And I actually had that today. I was doing a little bit of writing and I added in like one detail and I was like, hmm, if I could edit that one scene at the start of our book, I mean, it's, it doesn't really matter, but um, at the same time, time you know like a second edition I guess gives you the opportunity to add in those details yeah I was thinking about how to do that and that's because you know I know you say it doesn't matter but it bugs you in the back of your head you know so I was like how do I do this how do I do this that it's it's still you know it speaks to and I thought okay yeah why not just why I can publish another book it's the same book and I'm a writer. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the great thing about being an indie author. It gives you opportunity to move like quickly in a different direction that if you were a yeah. traditional author, you wouldn't be able to because, you know, they own the rights to that work. So you can't, unless they give you the go ahead to create a second edition, you wouldn't be able to use that material yeah. again. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So it gives you flexibility, which is good. That's my favorite part, honestly. It's like working for yourself. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, and you're not without responsibility to to your kind of target audience, right? Like you listen, you have beta readers, you have arcs, and you take all of that into consideration. So it's not like you don't have, I don't want to say someone to answer to, but 
there is there are opinions you take into consideration but at the end of the day you work for yourself it's amazing mm-hmm. do you have any tips for um other authors while we're talking about it is there anything any pearl of wisdom in particular that you would impart at this moment <laughs> I think what you had said earlier really says it best is don't be afraid to connect with other authors and ask those questions. Go on every author group, go on. And I really can't stress this enough. Instagram has made a world of difference for me. I'm on groups on Facebook and Instagram, but the community on Instagram has taught me so much and making those connections has been so invaluable to me in this journey. So I I would say, you know, don't keep to yourself. Don't be shy. Get out there. Meet people. Talk to them. And what you had said was we're not in competition. Like the indie community is not in competition. And I love that. Everybody's so supportive of each other. And that's how it should be. And I think that is our greatest tool yeah. in this business. So I agree 100%. Very well said. Well, thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to meet you and connect with you and, and be on here and just, you know, talk a little bit about this great experience. So I really appreciate that. Oh, you're so welcome. And just before we wrap this up, can you tell us where to find your books and also how people can get in touch with you? Yeah. So on my Instagram, which is just Ashley Kaplan underscore author, super simple. I have a link to my website where you can, you know, find where to purchase my books. You can also go straight to Amazon and I have an author page on Facebook as well. So it's it's all just my name. <laughs> just my name. <laughs> just Google me. You'll find it. <laughs> so in- Instagram would be the easiest. I check my messages constantly. I'm always happy to respond. And, uh, and Amazon would be where you would find my books for now. But we're going to expand. Yeah. It's always exciting. Getting the expansion across different places and seeing how far you can travel in the world (laughs) yeah okay well thank you so much for chatting with us I found it very inspiring talking with you and as I said at the beginning very relatable (laughs) your journey to to what I'm experiencing at the moment (laughs) me too yeah me too you guys are great thank you so much for having me you are so welcome so if you would like to be on an author spotlight section just like Ashley has been you can head on over to our website at lindersoncreations.com and hover your mouse over the podcast tab and there'll be a link to apply next time on dear writer we have another one of our craft episodes where we're going to be discussing side characters uh i think we mentioned that briefly in our last craft episode that we were kind of having a bit of a series focus on characters And so we will be looking at how to build a supportive cast for your protagonist. That should be a good discussion, I think. (laughs) Yes. And if you'd like to know any more about us or any of our writing projects, you can visit us at the aforementioned website, lindersoncreations.com, or contact us on Facebook or Instagram under the handle Lindersoncreations. 
And if you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. And we'll be back next week. Happy writing, everyone.